So you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on this Sunday morning sleep in podcast. You can catch up with the sermon here. We can't give you everything that we love about church. We can't give you intergenerational community or wonderful music or support and encouragement or hugs or cookies through the podcast, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or perfect preachers. We're your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team, or you just got pulled out of worship a bunch of times to make sticky buns on Sunday, (laughs) or maybe you're just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we hope that you receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't really care if you agree with absolutely everything we have to say or not. We encourage you to question, to disagree, to figure out what you think. Our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Chris... So Susan, I preached Matthew 16 verses 13 to 20 this week. Okay. Which is where Simon gets a new name. Where Simon becomes Peter. Peter. Rocky. Right after he got his business cards made too. Right. I'm sure. Or new new letterhead for his company. Yeah. (laughs) They changed the street name. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what it feels like. And um, that's the line um, that give you the keys of... The kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then this is why we have that those terrible jokes with St. Peter at the pearly gate with the book of life. Yeah. Deciding who gets in and who gets out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, I think, the basis, theologically, the basis of um, dogma. Dogma. Yes. One of the dogmas. This is where dogma dogma comes from. Yes. If the Catholic Church says something is law and it it changes one of the rules of heaven, then it screws with God. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I was thinking about, you know, what stories can I tell about this? And it occurred to me, and I think I've told this story to you, Chris. I don't think I've shared it on the podcast. The story about when I was in Pennsylvania as a missionary and I would go talk to Sunday school classes. No. And church groups and stuff. I would do mission interpretation. And I remember one Sunday morning I had been out to see this adult Sunday school class. And we're talking about what the work we were doing at Neighborhood Center. And then, you know, you open them up for questions, right? And they were just... As often happened in central Pennsylvania, they were really fascinated that I was from California. Really? I yeah. find that people are not so much fascinated as disgusted when I tell them I'm from California. No, no. It was more like, oh, you know, you came all the way out here, you know, kind of conversation, right? Oh, okay. And that I was from San Francisco. Oh, my goodness. Right. And, you know, person of faith and all this stuff, right? And so one of the questions I got was based on some article or newspaper thing they had seen where gay people... We're I like that you whispered the, that, like, like gay people, like it's were, a secret, right? Right. <laughs> we're pounding on the doors of churches in San Francisco, and how horrible that was. And did my church have any problems with this? <laughs> and you went to Bethany. <laughs> <laughs> and to, so, for those of you not not in the in the the world, I, I I came out of a very 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 reconciling congregation in San Francisco. It's radically, yes. radically reconciling. But my first thought in my head. It's, it's a testimony to my, my filter that I didn't blurt this out, but I was like, 
my, the first thought in my head was, did they forget their keys? Yeah, right. <laughs> or like, yeah, did somebody accidentally lock the door? Like, yeah, did oh. the door accidentally get locked? Or like, did they forget their keys? Or that kind or, of thing. Or oh, to have that problem. Oh, like, to have that problem. To have right? people banging on, on the, the doors, doors and wanting right? to come in. Obviously, let them in. Right. <laughs> And so, um, you know, so the keys reminded me of that story of, of sort of the, the place of radical hospitality. Of, did you say that? You didn't say, did they forget their keys? No, no. I said something like, no, no, we don't have that problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, was, I was a young, I was 20. I just want to know how Eastern Pennsylvania would react to. I was 21. It was 1995. Uh, something, Yeah. <laughs> It was a different world. Yeah. My so-called life was still on TV. Yeah. I mean, but I was thinking about that and thinking about the place, you know, that God has placed the keys, either these keys in some some tenuous hands. Yeah. This is Peter who just sank. Right? (laughs) So here we are. We're in this passage where Simon becomes Peter and Peter learns maybe explicitly that Jesus sees him as more than he already is. Mm. And that he's going to need to live into that, right? Yeah. I think this is a whole section of Jesus saying, we got to live into this. Like this, just gonna, this, this actually has some weight. This isn't just talk. Yeah. This is action. And and I reminded my folks about, you know, that name changes signify something in the Bible. Yeah. It's a new identity. Abraham, Abram and, and Sarai becoming Abraham and Sarah at a point where the promise is not yet fulfilled. Right. Mm-hmm. But they live into that name change. There's a marked change there. Yeah. Um, Jacob becoming Israel, and then, of course, after Simon becoming Peter, is Saul becoming Paul. Right. But that we, when we think about these examples, these name changes happen at places of transformation right. in their stories, and that old is passed away, and that new is being born. And maybe that the new is not yet here, mm-hmm. um, but we're, we're in that place, right? So what and, would that look like for us today? Like, what would... Well, it really, um, a person in my congregation reminded me that she has actually changed her name. Oh, she changed her name. Cool. Her first name, which is not usual. Right. And um, I had never, we'd never talked about it. Somebody had mentioned it to me and I was like, oh yeah, I did know that. And she says, yeah, God told me to change my name. Wow. She changed her name. I was sort of thinking about people who mark epochs of their lives with tattoos, but an actual name change. <laughs> actual name change. I mean, yeah, on let's, the nose. let's get on the nose, right? Yeah. But you're right. Like, like, like tattoos. I mean, we know we have multiple friends who have, who have marked an important occasion. One, one guy who got a giant cross tattooed on his arm the day before his ordination. Yeah. I'm not sure that great felt for hugs. really good underneath the scratchy burlap robe he was wearing. <laughs> no, it was more the people that were hugging him as I oh, remember. Oh, the hugging. Yeah. Oh, so much hugging. Or survivor tattoos. Survivor tattoos. People who've survived cancer or had a family member who was going through treatment or something like. Yeah. Uh, But I also think of the semicolon. Oh, yeah. The semicolon tattoo. Absolutely. Very popular these days. And I'll I'll link to it on the website so you can look up and see what that's about. I think about there are lots of ways we mark those. But these are really clear in the Bible because we're telling a story, yeah. right? So we have to have those moments. Right? When you choose what to include or what not to include. Right. Like, I don't think in the story of my life they would say, and on November 27th, 2018, Chris Marshall got yet another tattoo. You know what I mean? Right, right. That's not like the most important thing right. in my life. But but it's the, the, the stuff that's, you know, important yeah. in us. It makes me think of a Frank Turner song, the one about... Tattoos. The one about, you know, covering the marks that I made. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he talks about he used to cut. And yeah. so he has, um, he has tattoos, but he can still see the scars underneath. Yeah. But that those are those things play together. So so here we have Peter. And he gets named 
the rock, but that's not actually very accurate for a translation of what the word actually that's used in the text. It's more like rocky. Yeah, rocky. It's like, like Peter, you're rocky, and this is the rock on which I'm going to build my church. Yeah, this rocky rock. This rocky rock. And it doesn't mean like, oh, it's a very nice firm rock. It means like you're a little gravelly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little, little shaky here. Yeah, a little shaky here. So, and you're right. You, you mentioned, you know, he's not like we've just had the story of him walking down the water and then, oh my gosh, I'm sinking. Yeah. And it doesn't stop. Like, it doesn't mean like once he gets, he gets his new name. Yeah. Right. Because like. He um, immediately turns around and says something and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Right. right? Which is a totally different nickname. <laughs> right. Which is a totally different nickname. Right. And then, I mean, but, and then it continues like, like, I'll never let them take you, Lord. Let me, give me a sword. Let and me fight. And then he fight. runs away. And then he says, Jesus, I don't know who Jesus is. Yeah. Yeah, no, right. Peter, Peter Or I'll is, stand behind you, I'll stand beside you forever, Lord, and then, oh, I think I'll just go back to fishing. If we were in an evaluation for Peter, we would say that his performance is uneven. Uneven, yeah. yes, yes. Inconsistent. Yes. And, and you know, and I pointed out to my folks that this is a name he lives into unevenly his and slowly and gradually and slowly. You know, like, we all want the transformation that's like, like a magic wand hit us. Yeah, and now you are perfect. And now you are perfect. But that's not actually, you know, how it works. And so while we can joke about the rocky thing, Mm -hmm. it's really a powerful thing that Jesus says, you're not perfect, but I see your potential. And I see who you could be. You know, Jesus says to Simon, it's you I'm going to build the church on. That's nice and lovely. But then I think there's more that we can hear in this passage. Mm -hmm. And I think that I think that where that that comes in is if if we realize that when Jesus says, you're Peter, Jesus is saying, hey, you the members of this church, the members of the church universal, you are the you are you are you are rocky, and on this rock, I'm going to build you up. That we're like Peter. We're a little inconsistent. We're a little inconsistent. We may not always see it very clearly. We we get enthusiastic and run off a cliff, and then wonder what happened. As Nadia Bowles Weber says, we will disappoint you. Exactly. exactly. We will not get it right all the time. We will say dumb things occasionally. We will need to learn our lesson, but mm-hmm. yeah. But we're here. God has put the keys to the kingdom in the hands of, you know, unpredictability, rocky soil, rocky people. But we're here to create something. There's there's a trust there. There's a faith there. Um, I think sometimes we forget mm-hmm. that God also has faith in us, that we can be who God would call us to be, that God sees us in the same way that Jesus is seeing Peter. Mm-hmm. In not just as we are right now, but in our full potential and our full hope and, and, and who we could be. And out of that, with these keys to the kingdom, we're invited to uh, build a new kingdom. Build the kingdom. Be part of the kingdom. And try to be steady enough that people can stand on your shoulders. <laughs> right. Just be steady enough. Be part of that foundation. Yeah. And that we're called to be the church in this place at this time. Mm-hmm. Not some historical version of it and not some futuristic version, but the church that is needed now. Mm-hmm. What's so crazy about it is that God gives us some crazy, inadequate seeming tools on the surface. Like? Like, well, Anne Lamott puts it the best way, right? Which is? She talks about, um, the quote that I use on Sundays, I've always imagined when I was a kid that adults had some kind of inner toolbox full of shiny tools. Uh-huh. The saw of discernment, the hammer of wisdom, the sandpaper of patience. But when I grew up, I found that life handed you rusty, bent tools, friendship, prayer, conscience, honesty, and said, do the best you can with these. 
<laughs> that's perfect. They'll have to do. They'll Mostly to against do. all odds, they're enough. You know, that's a perfect description of, of, of the reality of how we are to build. Yeah. Right? It, it What we build doesn't always have proper corners and... And perfect pitch uh, to the roof, but we build what we can, um, and we build what what is a reflection of the kingdom of God, which is it's made up of rocky people. Made up of rocky people, right? I mean, we're not the designers. Mm-hmm. That that's God's job. That we're in here um, with those crazy tools, seeing what comes. So yeah. this is a detour. I just watched the first couple episodes of a new show on Netflix called The Good Place. Uh huh. Starring Kristen Bell. Okay. And the guy from Cheers. I uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Tall yeah, guy. Tall guy. What's his yeah. face? It's about a woman who dies mm-hmm. and wakes up in the good place. And the designer of the good place is this somewhat imperfect kind of nerdy guy. <laughs> it's his first time in a human body. He's been apprenticing for 200 years and it was his first time designing a neighborhood and the neighborhood has about 300 people in it <laughs> and they're all really good people. And so she's walking around and she's meeting humanitarians and people who lay down their life for each other and people who have racked up all these points over their lives that have landed them in the good place. And it's something like only 3% of people make it to the good place. Okay. And at the end of the first episode, you sort of realize, like, she's there by mistake. Like, she was not a good person in her life. And because she sort of doesn't deserve to be in the good place, the good place starts to fall apart. Oh. And so, you know, sort of this Mm. arc of the season. And I don't know what happens. I can't offer you too many spoilers. But the arc of the season is her trying to become a good person to deserve to stay in the good place. Oh, wow. And her soulmate happens to be a professor of ethics. (laughs) And so... He would, who overcomplicates everything, everything right? right? And so it's just been, it's a very funny show. Huh, um, very, very irreverent, but sort of what you're talking about, like how do you build a neighborhood out of people who don't belong? Like, right. you know, people right. who don't think they belong or who don't think they're good, good enough. enough. Yeah. And, it's like, and well, it might be a little shaky. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. But the way that the thing gets built is that we go and do this work. Yeah. Imperfectly. Is that you try over and, and over, over and, and over, over again, again. And sometimes you get it right. And, and, our, and our hope is in that living into that call. We hold the keys and they've been placed in our shaky hands. And here's, here we are as church. Mm-hmm. And I also read the um, prayer of Oscar, Oscar Romero. Romero. Yeah. Really, the, it's just the final line that really is, right? This, we're prophets of a future, not our own. You know, we're builders and planters and tenders of what is to be. And we, it may not be our future, but it is. It is a good and, and great thing that we hold these keys. Yeah. So, and just to remind us that, that we're in this process. So that's where we ended up. Well, cool. Yeah. It's Sometimes it's good to remember that, like, just because you go to church doesn't mean you've got it all figured out. Yeah. And that that's okay. But that's not an expectation right. that you would the, have it all figured out. out. Right. The expectation and, is just that you're willing to do the work. Yeah. And it's interesting to look out and see a, a number of folks in the congregation that I know are in the midst of this process. Yeah. So. Well, cool. Well, thanks, Susan. Thank you, Chris. And thanks all of you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to the good place or (laughs) building the kingdom of God or losing your keys, uh, anything we've been discussing today, shoot us an email. Knocking on church doors. We're at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook. You can find us at sundaymorningsleepin.com. 
Um, all of the links that we talk about get posted on sundaymorningsleepin.com, but you can also subscribe, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. The scripture for the podcast is Matthew 16, verses 13 to 20, and the music you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. At the end of every podcast, we give a blessing, we give some holy words, we give some something to make you think about and perhaps think about or do, and this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're listening to this, my homework for you is is to live into who God intends for you to be. Take the keys and go.